At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to I'm a Writer, but my guests today are Jessica Ann and Joshua Bonzak from Long Day Press. Jessica Ann is neo-futurist, lit and loose artistic associate, author of A Manual for Nothing and visiting lecturer at Roosevelt University. We're also joined today by Jessica's publisher, Joshua Bonsack from Long Day Press. Long Day Press is a Chicago-based novella and chapbook publisher. Since 2015, they have published boundary-pushing work with an emphasis on emerging Midwestern writers. Welcome, both of you. Thank you. This is so cool. This is so cool. (laughs) Thank you. I'm so happy to be able to talk to both of you. Um, It's something that we've never done before on I'm a Writer But, but um, I just think it's so cool to be able to talk about the collaboration between a writer and her publisher and how you, you know, you make a thing that's true to what your intention was in the beginning, but that um, gets out to as many eyes as possible. So Thank you both so much for agreeing to do this. Thank yeah, you. Of course. As you know, I I love your work. And this podcast has been so cool. Like oh. like my own little MFA program away from <laughs> MFA programs has been <laughs> so helpful. So I just wanted to thank you. Oh, that's awesome. I'm, you know, uh bumbling along here. Um, but I think that's true to how we all feel. <laughs> out here making our stuff definitely um before we get started uh getting into the the real nitty-gritty of this amazing book called sex with my family which uh i have a 10 year old and the book was on my desk and the next thing i knew the book was elsewhere and i think he was like sex with my family i gotta know more about it josh doesn't say the title oh why (laughs) Uh, because i'm a prude Really? Josh, I didn't know that about you. Uh, um, raised Catholic. What are you going to do? Oh, uh, yeah. Those things dig in deep, don't they? Yeah. It also like had some issues where I would like, you know, if I was on Twitter and like, hey, our title Sex with My Family is going to be, you know, coming up, um, it would get flagged every time. Oh, <laughs> got it. So there's a lot of like fun workarounds we're trying to do to like really promote yeah I, I came up to just like after we accepted it I was just kind of like like 
we got to we got to change the title. <laughs> Jess was like, yeah, okay. And then my uh, other editors at Long Day were just like, no, we got to keep it. So, <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um, when you mm-hmm. handed me the book, I ran into Josh at um, a great bookstore in Chicago called Exile in Bookville. And he handed me the book and I was like, sex with my family. <laughs> Don't mind if I do. I love it. I think, you know, it's going to draw people in and then they're going to be leveled by what they read. Perfect. It's so Jessica, incest, but it could be, <laughs> it's not, it's not about incest, but it could be sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you want to read to us a little bit? I did uh, give you a suggestion uh, to read one of the pieces called green cardamom, but read whatever you want. Yeah, no, I'll read that. I love suggestions from the audience. Awesome. I met an astrology professor at a holiday party. Her name is Allison, and her red lipstick does not come off for any reason. She wears white cable knit and studies distant galaxies, time, light, and the eight minutes it would take our real eyes to realize, adjust to, register that the sun had switched off, burnt out, exploded into nothing just now and all at once. She was very pretty and interesting, this professor called Allison. I asked her if she believes in God and she left the room. Actually, it was a porch. She was cold. A nice man making mulled wine in an antique crock pot in the corner said, I don't see how those two things are related. I said, me either. Really, that's why I ask. Do astrology professors ever specialize in higher powers? Too late. But seriously, extinction. There's a reason songs catch in our heads. We all now belong to a club of unimaginable pain. We have ripped our clothes to shreds and we are seated next to the right hand of the body to contemplate the counterparts of all of existence as we know it gathered here today. There are things we know for certain, bubbles and stickers and kettle corn, for instance. And there is also dust we do not know. And when, 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 when is a good time for the fiery ball of stars and planets to glitch a stitch of God's hand and blow the entire place up, up, up and away. Away we sew the buttons onto the snow and carrot our noses under our arms. Is anyone left? Is anyone out there? Beware, beautiful outlines of bodies swallowed by stars. The astronauts and the argonauts, the apple cakes and the beauty bars cannot, will not, should not save us from the great big moment within a moment up to the moment of universal reversal when everything we thought we knew up about up and after and moment to moment is cut infinite, severed ultimate. She said, you think this is bad? Consider the dinosaurs, consider we're next, consider the dirt beneath your nails left sticky and molded to the galaxy floor a breath, thousands of years, an octopus. What then? What reincarnates then my little shower curtain on a yacht? What tie binds which soul at what table? Little miss, look at my robes and my books. I'm looking. I like it. I want it. Fill the plain and tall Sarahs of the hour with concerts and poetry and lines and circles. Leave the energy in good standing for the next organism to evolve into the next creature to rip the next face off. I'm sorry. I know. I promised I wouldn't be mad. I promised you could sleep all night on my chest. I promised I'd see you again it's just it's just it's just shit gets real real when you enter the great grand mahogany lobby and you drop your red balloon up to the mouth of the brontosaurus to the kingdom of numbers and nothings and why should you want to know why are you obsessed with fighting so green so pine so soft so empty of time 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 that you love and it's time 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 
The nice man in the muted colors making mulled wine, glug, if you will, in the corner, surrounded by spices, said, do you cook? I said, I'm not afraid of it. He said, do you want to smell my green cardamom? I said, oh, my extinction. Yes, actually, I have to. There is a God. It's not all just random. I'm on a cardamom assignment right now. I need a thousand words by dawn. He unhinged a steel porous ball and placed it softly against my lips like a chalice. I inhaled. And in that moment, I blacked out and smell sensed only my own shampoo and the smoke from the dwindling bonfire. But eight minutes later, the lavender licorice coffee, cinnamon dusted pine cone, mint leather, CK1, tobacco musk, cold brew vinegar, aroma of his little green sticks hit me first in the right and then in the left nostril, so all powerfully, so transcendent of all understanding that I had to go inside and get some bread and some butter that I do not deserve but am happy to share. I thought of my dead mother and the way she smelled when she was covered in snow. I thought of my dead brother and the cheese he liked from Trader Joe's. I high risk, a high-risk labor and delivery nurse declared 45-year-olds should not give birth. A blonde woman quoted an article in The Atlantic about the rise of anti-humanism. And someone suggested we sing a shaker work song. Oh, what a gift to be simple. What a gift to be free. Cheers. Cheers to the people on the porch and to all a good life. Curtain. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, I just feel like you're my people, Jessica. Um, it's like, uh, I, I just, I feel like um, I get you and you get me. And that, I feel like that's rare. Like we out here, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's hard. Just trying to make a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> just a single dollar. Okay. <laughs> In the wrong business for that. <laughs> oh, it's too yeah. late. <laughs> it's too late, but look at us. Look at us now. Right. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> Jessica, please tell me wh where did this start for you? You know, how did, what was the process of writing it for you? And how did you keep it so raw and so at hand and so just urgent? Well, this is actually, so this book is, is short. I don't even know how many pages it is. It's like 40 pages it's a little baby book yeah it's mm -hmm. like it's a it's a pamphlet it's 52 pages I think. <laughs> um but it's part of a longer manuscript um oh. that's, yeah it's kind of just been like it's actually the title the working title I don't know if this is a good title I call it finite Jess <laughs> oh are you kidding me that is an amazing title <laughs> holy shit you have to stay with that okay <laughs> but that's been like this working title of like just this like sprawling living document that I've been writing in for like five years and then I had a crush on Long Day Press I loved their books <laughs> and I saw that they were reading and so I was like well I think I think the fertility chapter of Finite Jess stands on its own and I'm gonna call it sex with my family and just see what they think. Cause people do that, right? Set totally. like part of longer books into, into, well, I thought it was a, a chat book. I was like, oh, that's what a chat book is, right? Mm -hmm, it's like mm -hmm. part of a bigger book. Um, but then once we started working on this and once I saw it, I'm like, oh, this is a book. Yes. <laughs> it's a small book, but let's say it's a book, a novella. 
or whatever, an essay that you can hold. Not that there's anything wrong with chat books, but I don't know. But yes, so this is part of a longer manuscript that's about like, I, I don't know, it's about, I started writing it when my brother died. So mm -hmm. it's a lot about my brother who died of drugs, a drug overdose. So it's about death and it's also about, um, it's about Jane Little, the bassist in the Atlantic Symphony Orchestra who died on stage. It's oh about my God. And then, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's, it was this crazy thing. She just, she was like 80 years old and she collapsed on stage and died. Wow. Um, so it's about like stage death and, and dying on stage and dying and grief and loss and like getting older and like your biological click is, clock is ticking. You have to have a baby, but all you really want to do is just be pregnant with your brother and give mm. birth to your brother. Mm. Is that possible? No. <laughs> so that's, so that's the book. And then I, so I sent Josh these, these fertility sections um, and then they liked it. And I think I took out some, like when we were editing, I think I took out some stuff that didn't make sense about my brother because my brother's not really like overtly in this section, you know, mm -hmm. so like for it to stand mm -hmm. on its own, I had to take some stuff out, but it was pretty much like, here it is. I mean, we worked on it a little. Where it got really collaborative is the images. I was like, Yes, well, I wanted to ask you about that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you know, when they were inside of me, they had a camera and they took pictures of my ovaries and yes. uterus. Let's put those in. Yes. And Josh, do you know Josh grew up on a farm? <gasps> Cows, chrysanthemums, and shepherds. Um, not German shepherds, not Italian shepherds. Australian. <laughs> Australian Shepherds. Australian Shepherds. Isn't that crazy? So, that's, so Josh was like, here's some cows from my homeland. And I'm, I'm in, I am in love with cows. I love cows. I love them. So like, we have to have Josh's cows in the book. Josh, do these cows have names? Mm -hmm. Do you name your cows on the farm? Is um, it a beef farm? Yeah. So like Ooh. my parents have Hereford cattle, like they're all beef. And like, they do some other ones. Like, my two of my younger brothers are like cowboys like one of them that's his legitimate job he works on like a ranch um are they like and this is our book brother josh <laughs> <laughs> yeah they don't really get it but like every once in a while we can talk about like country music and stuff so that's yes. pretty great uh yeah the, the cows featured in here are all from um a photographer called russell or named russell lee who was like part of the farm security administration mm. um so like that Thing with like Dorothea Lang where like part of the new deal where they get much money and be like okay go take pictures of, like rural America um and he just happened to take a bunch of pictures like very close to my hometown so it's like Perfect. I, I I showed pigs in the same area where like they're taking pictures of these pigs in at Mercer County in Alito Illinois um so Josh like part of you is in this book too yeah like I I felt so lucky the way that like Jess was just like, yes, let's incorporate it. And I was like, okay, I really love this art, like this photography. Can we put some of these images in there? Um, and so it was like fun to like find ones that like corresponded. So like the essay, He, My Family, I was like, well, it needs a bowl to pair with it. Like, cause that's like 
part of this, you know, like mm -hmm. insemination, mm -hmm. fertility thing. So it, it, it was great to like have like a, a project that like I've could work on with Jess. Mm -hmm. Is that unique to, uh, you know, your experience with this book or, or is that usually how you guys work at long day? Um, we put out like, so few titles and like, there are a lot of times little books like this, where it's like someone who's in between projects or like, you know, they have a short, short story collection. Uh, and usually it's pretty collaborative because, you know, it's like just the nature of putting out a book um, with a publisher that has like at any given time, one to three people who mm -hmm. are voluntarily working on this thing. So we're pretty hands-on. Um, this is maybe one of the first times that I really got like, all right, like let's utilize the space of like what a book can be. Like this is a short manuscript so we can fill it up with whatever we want. Mm -hmm. And that includes um, pictures of Jess's ovaries. <laughs> They're so beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> They're like little eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> they are all seeing aren't they <laughs> yes josh really blew my mind in the editing process about cow like i didn't know the difference between a heifer and a bull and a cow and a calf mm. and I was like, oh my god like i was just calling everything cow mm. and i never really thought about like the penis vagina anatomy <laughs> of a cow and i feel like it just like made my sentences so cool and like gave them like such another life to be able to add like heifer I like I use the word heifer as like an insult yes <laughs> and now you know it's not an insult at all okay no. heifers are awesome yes <laughs> I wish I was a heifer do you think cows look at us the same way they're like oh that one over there that's a man and that one over there you know yeah <laughs> they'd be surprised just as surprised as you were like oh there's differences yes what do you think it is about cows for you? Definitely their eyes. Mm -hmm. You know, I was doing, I was on a, well, someone call it a vacation, but <laughs> I, was calling, I was calling it a writer's retreat. Got it. Okay. Like, I, got, I got some writer friends and we were in like rural Iowa in a, in a Airbnb that was like surrounded by Amish and, and cows and kittens and I feel like it was the first time I really got like that close to a cow like you mm -hmm. can just like, walk right up to them and mm -hmm. kiss them and hug them and pet them they're so chill like of course I love horses like mm -hmm. horses are amazing but like they'll cut you you know they're oh, serious and there's something about like breeding and cows mm -hmm. And, and birthing and cows and, and, and udders. udders, yes, lactating mm -hmm. and cows. And there's something about like, if I could have a cow, mm -hmm. if I had a cow and that was my milk, and if I could be like best friends with the cow <laughs> and take it with me everywhere. And then when it died, I, I guess I would eat it and it would like taste really good because it was the cow that I loved. There's something about like the cycle <laughs> of a cow and the cycle of a woman that is just like so perfect to me. Mm -hmm. And I love animals. And I just feel like like if there was a cow right now in my kitchen, we'd get along great. <laughs> You'd be like, quit pooping in the house. <laughs> oh yeah, that. <laughs> You're so loud. The, the first time I ever encountered a cow, because I too love cows and I'm a vegetarian and 
like when I saw Okja, it ruined my life. I don't know if you guys mm. are familiar with that movie. Oh yeah. Um, but the when I encountered a cow in person, you know, like I, I approached it like I would have a dog. Like, hi, <laughs> how are you today? And the cow was just like, like get away from me. <laughs> and I was stunned. I was like, oh, they're not like dogs, you know, like they, they don't, they don't want me to pet them. Maybe some cows do, you know, I encountered like grouchy cows or something, but I was really stunned by like the animal nature of the animal, you know, like that kind of through. Yes. They're like wild animals. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They're not just on like, like kitchen towels. You know, they're not just like salt and pepper shakers. There's a whole world inside of them. (laughs) They're not just patterns for your chaps. Okay. Like they're... But I think it's something similar to like the shockingness of, that's not a word, the shock of understanding what fertility is and what it entails. And like, you know, cows are animals and that seems like a simple statement and, you know, bodies make babies seems like a simple statement, but none of that is simple. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just that idea of like looking at, looking at an animal and then thinking like, oh, like we need more of those. <laughs> what I really, what I really like loved of this process, um, what Jess was like kind of talking about earlier is like, she was already alluding to this thing of like a cow and like a cow having its calf and like technically it's a heifer until it has its first calf and then it becomes a cow. Oh, um, did not know it, that. Yes. Yeah, so, and like pigs, like you have a, a guilt and then as soon as she has her first litter of pigs, she becomes a sow. Like, so it's just like this transitionary time of like, because this heifer was, if they were unable to have a calf, like they will never become a cow. And like, the language is already like included there in this like, agricultural sense. Um, So it like worked out really well for the project that, you know, Jess was doing like her interest in cows. Oh, Oh my God. It's like, what's the equivalent? Like, I'm... I'm a girl, but I can't get pregnant, so I'll never be a person. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> thankfully, I feel like we've evolved past that. Right. You mm. know, like I, 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 I think we've done the hard work of evolving past that. Um, I mean, I think there are still some, you know, I'm sure there are some populations who, who have who think differently, but, um, it's absolutely wild to think that there is that kind of difference um in cows but I'm also thinking about it in terms of of what you're writing about here what did it feel like sort of revisiting this this subject and and these words as you were as you were making making this book like did did things change for you when you thought about it as a standalone object it did seem more personal um or just more more vulnerable um just you know standing on its own. Um, when it's in in the larger manuscript, it's, it just feels kind of buried and, you know, just hidden in there and, and part of so much that it's kind of like, oh yeah, it's really personal, but no one will remember that. <laughs> no one will think about it. <laughs> Yet, for some reason, that's the one where I was like, oh, this stands on its own. This is what I want to publish as a novella. So I don't know I don't know where that came from. So there must have been part of me that was like, I want 
to talk about this, like, you know, like when you're doing IVF and like shooting yourself up with drugs, it's like, no one knows, you know, mm-hmm. it's pretty secret, you know, mm-hmm. it's like when you first get your period and you just, you want to like go into the sixth grade classroom and be like, I'm bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did do that. <laughs> <laughs> I was too shy, but I had the impulse to just like stand up and just like pull my pants down and be like, look at it, spill it. <laughs> absolutely you know Mm -hmm. the same thing with like like whether or not you're like doing IVF or adopting or just like having having ejaculating inside of each other normal it's like it's private it's personal but there's a point I think on the journey where you're like people are like how are you and you want to be like well I'm on day three of my cycle (laughs) (laughs) right I know exactly what day I am on (laughs) like my basal body temperature has spiked (laughs) yeah it's it's very personal but at a certain point it is also universal right and you you just want it to be out there yes and you just want like you just feel like you're a cow just like breeding a heifer I have yeah you feel like a heifer (laughs) and you just like or, or you wish you were a heifer like you wish you had one job to do and you were just like in a pile of hay and like and you and blindfolded and just like like just like scores of vials and pieces <laughs> or like whatever it, it takes just like just filling you up and ripping you in half you know yeah, yeah. I remember because we were having fertility issues you know, leading up to when we got pregnant with our first. And I remember saying to my husband, like everything in my life, I have been able to achieve. Like I can study hard. I can work hard. I can, I can do what needs to be done, you know, like beg, borrow, steal, murder. I can do those things. But then this one thing I couldn't do. And it was fucking with me. Like Mm -hmm. your body betraying you in that way. It's like, just do it, you know, like, and it's so hard. It's so hard to come to terms with your body in that way. Yeah, it's, it's just not fair. No, that's exactly right. It makes no sense. Yeah. And also, like, don't we want to go on, like, as cows, as animals? Yeah, right. You know? I mean, I know there's a lot of people and the planet's dying. But that kind of, like, fuels the fire more. It's mm-hmm. like, well let's just figure it out. <laughs> we need more people to help. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense, but in when I'm hormonal, it, it makes all the sense. <laughs> Instinctual stuff, like ancient primal things rarely make sense in words, you know, like it's very hard to put that stuff into words, which um, I'm going to force you to talk about putting it into words as you have done. <laughs> um, and And your writing is an example to me of something that honors rawness. And I don't know if you feel that way, but to me, it feels like it's immediate. It's, um, it's, you know, like I was saying earlier, your, your eyes just like rush over the page because it's so urgent, but then you go back and you stay a little longer. And I want to know how you do that. I want to know like what it looks like, how you allow yourself to, to make these kinds of sentences and, you know, like what, what even does revision look like when you're working like that? 
Oh, gosh. Well, thank you. I mean, that's what I want. I want to be raw. Like, yes. I want... The rawness is the point. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the, yes, just the raw, like, bloody inside of the wound. Yes. And I don't even know how we got here or where we're going, <laughs> but I just want to get out alive with you. <laughs> well, actually, like that cardamom piece, um, that I I did that out loud for like a little show. Mm. So so um, like actually, someone was doing a glug fest and my friend Steve, and he was like, can you, can you write a thousand words on cardamom? <laughs> you were like, yes, I can. I was like, sure. And then I did go to a holiday party and it was just like, oh God, there, someone just asked me to smell their cardamom. Like, is, is this really happening? So like, that was all, like that story was just already written. Like I had an assignment, I had to do it. And then I just sat down and, and banged it out, like out of fear on a deadline. Like, oh my God, there's people looking at me tomorrow. I have to get this out. Yes. And then, so that was actually like for a performance. But you know, when like you, you have to do a reading or do a performance, but you also have this like larger manuscript that you're working on. So mm -hmm. you kind of like cheat. And even though you're on an assignment, you, you're still like writing towards what you really want to write. Um, at least that's what I do because like, I'm not getting paid. So right. <laughs> I might as well do what I want to do. But I do think that, so that really was for performance, but then the other parts that weren't for performance, I do feel like I have like my performer hat on and mm -hmm. I think a lot about how it'll sound out loud. And I do a lot of like talking to myself and muttering to myself when I'm writing and I, I hear it out loud. So I feel like I hear every, every little chapter as like a, like a pop song where like, okay, this is the bridge. This is the chorus. Okay. I know it's going to be over. Okay. I'm done. <laughs> Amazing. And then editing is always like filling in more stuff, you know, like, Oh, now I need like a, now I need like a little piece where I'm just saying like exactly what's happening. <laughs> try to make sense. Like holding your hand out to the reader or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then just like had... whipping them across the stage. <laughs> like, have fun. <laughs> See you in hell. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, what were you going to say? I was uh, fortunate, fortunate enough to hear Jess read like from her first book. Uh, prior to reading this manuscript. So like when I was like reviewing submissions, I was on a, a plane and just had downloaded a few and like- Oh, you were reviewing <laughs> submissions on a plane, Josh? It was. It's Ooh la la. Very fancy. It was, <laughs> um, so like I had pulled up the PDF and I could like, as soon as I started reading, I was, like could hear it in Jess's voice mm -hmm. and like hear these like, just very like notes, like melodic like lines that kept going. It was like the moment like, the plane touched down. I like emailed the other editors. I'm like, we got to do this one. Aww. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Josh, when you saw her name in your inbox, were you like, oh, shit? Were you so excited? <laughs> I was like, it's Christian DeBordo's friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you do have, you, you guys do have an association. It's true. 
he's he's often bringing you up whenever I talk to him, which is oh, not often, but he loves dear, you. Sweet, wonderful Christian Tabordo. Yes, he's what a pure guy. love. <laughs> he is. He is. So then, the revising, you're just opening it up for the reader. You're not really, because I think like some writing like begs for revision right like some writing needs to be combed through but this to me this kind of thing feels like that's a disservice to it right like we want to leave the original the original intent right I'm asking this is selfish because I'm like do I have to revise <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think about revising a lot um like who you were talking Lindsay to someone the other day on this podcast about how like revising is a second chance like mm-hmm. you can do it again mm-hmm. and I do feel that like I'm not I, it's not like I have a rule where I'm like I never revise because it is a lot of fun to like go back over it and kind of make it all work um but I don't know it's complicated because there there are these like breathless pieces that like it's like oh that that's it that's the piece and if I am revising it's I'm more revising like the sound of it like oh once I said it out loud that consonant didn't work with that vowel I just need to find another word here Mm -hmm. um but when I'm going over the more like the slower pieces I mean I do find myself like deleting and collaging and and just like getting in there and playing with it and it is a lot of fun to have something already on the page that then you can then you can mess with it's Mm -hmm. like the blank page is so scary I have nightmares about it (laughs) (laughs) I hate starting a project I love being in the middle of a project it's so hard to be finished with a project and to let it go and just like to have it in people's minds. And then it's really hard to realize that like, it's actually not in people's minds for very long. <laughs> you're not, you're not a household name. <laughs> so it's like, it all comes in waves, but that part is so fun when you're like, when you're like in it and you're just like, okay, how can I make this good? <laughs> like, well, you had it. Telling myself. You added like two or three um, essays, like when I was like, okay, I'm about to set it into, into typesetting this manuscript. And you're like, okay, here's a couple more. <laughs> <laughs> so then it got to be a project of like, okay, like which one of these like fit with the manuscript and like, where are we going to put them into the flow of the manuscript and how's the order going to go? Like, there's no contents page in here, like despite having like essay names, I say essays, but we, I don't know, we call it fictions, whatever, despite having piece names. Um, just because like the, the way that like Jess was very in- intentional about like, this is going to flow this way. Mm-hmm. Jessica, when you sent him those pieces, did you tell him where they would go? Or is that something you worked on together? Oh, no, I just like sent them willy nilly. And I was like, <laughs> do, the, do these make no, sense? No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I texted them. <laughs> I absolutely love having the publisher side of things. This is amazing because we only ever hear the writer side of things where they're like, like the truth now. Yes. Yeah, so we're like, Oh, my publisher hated me for six months, you know? And it's like, what was really happening? This is so good. 
but what did I do? I think I just like emailed them. I don't know. Did you ask me? Were you like, where should we put them? And then I was like, maybe here. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I think it was like pretty much in the way that I read it where I was like, oh, this makes sense. There might've been like a couple at the end that I switched around, but like it already felt like a playlist. Like it was like going all the way through. And like, there was somewhere I'm like, okay, like this is a piece a little shorter. So let's like break up these two longer pieces. But I think that was more towards the end. Um, and then there's things where like just plays with form or there's like lists or like mm -hmm. there's a, a grocery list in here. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, I, I want those to be given their own breath. So we're going to like put those a little later and or a little earlier just so they can stand on their own. Yeah. It's all coming back to me because I do remember, <laughs> I think I was like, we could just tack them on at the end. And then you said that you liked the end as it is. And I was like, oh, yeah, that is a good ending. Yeah. Can I read the last lines? Please do. And then it was too late. All I remember now is friend. The word friend was repeated three times it's on its own page like those mm -hmm. last two lines like mm -hmm. after a section break and I'm like no let's keep this so good Jessica how do you handle endings because um they don't feel so much like like they're traditional boring like and it all resolved in this way it's it's really like I described earlier where you're grabbing the reader and you're just like pushing them off a cliff or you know like um like like the record scratches or or in some ways like you're just kind of like staring at the same beautiful image together and I want to know what you think of endings how do you handle them oh gosh I mean endings are so hard like I remember for the my first book um a manual for nothing um I remember like one of the first things the editor said was um I, I like the ending, but like, it, it's not the ending. Like you like play around, see what you find. Like it needs to like, it should have like the same kind of like energy that you have throughout. Mm -hmm. And I was like, damn it. Um, so I like, I do remember working really hard on that ending. Um, but then it, it was fun to sort of like think about, think about the whole project and think about what I was trying to say. Um, but yeah, I do, that's funny what you said about the cliff, because, um, I, so I do have a, a theater performance background, and I remember one, um, director that I had, she always said that, like, we need, the audience needs to see us teetering on the edge of the cliff, like, the audience doesn't want to see you plummet towards your death and mm -hmm. see you at the bottom of the canyon. Mm -hmm. Like teeter on the edge, is she jumping blackout? And I think she was saying like, like don't talk about your feelings. <laughs> like don't, don't talk about like what you feel and what you learned, just like put it out there and then have them draw their own conclusions or insert their own life into what you're talking about yeah. mm -hmm. so that is definitely in my head and also just like I was in I was in the late night show 
at the new futurist for so long, um, too much light makes the baby go blind, which is 30 plays in 60 minutes. So writing for that is you're always like writing. It's like two minute plays and you're writing for a blackout. Like, so there's always mm-hmm. a blackout. So that I, you always have that energy of like, mm-hmm. like even doing like a sad play about your grandma. Like you always want the end to be like, bam, what do you want to see next? You know, like to add that like sports yes. to it. For, for, it's sport. It's physical. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's like bringing them up to the brink to, to keep with the cliff metaphor or like you're, you're, you're creating the space and and the environment and the action for there to be a climax mm-hmm. sex yeah. with my family climax um <laughs> and then the climax happens off the page right yeah and not that it's off the page but it's still happening um yeah. but it's it's even more exciting because now it's in partnership with whoever's reading or whoever's viewing yeah and like the conversation can continue you know I love that. It's like honoring the the grappling part of figuring something out. Yes. Like I have had so much fun going to the moth. <laughs> like oh. it's, it's a great live show. I would never, I don't mean to be critical, but in that live lit world, sometimes there is this trope of like, you do like I'll see writers do like or storytellers whatever you call them you know do like a perfect piece and then it's like and then I realized Mm, (laughs) yes but it's just like I would cut that last line you know because like I saw you realize it you know what do they say in writing workshop show don't tell (laughs) totally yes and I think some other advice that that gets thrown around, which I think not enough people take, and I'll include myself in that, is to just lop off the final sentence of anything. Because actually, it's just exactly like you're saying, no, no, we get it. We got it. You know, and it was even more profound in the moment that we got it versus now I'm seeing like, okay, now the the writer has come back in to play daddy and close it all down and put us to bed. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Get rid of that. Yeah. Like I, I know how to read. I know how to think. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't micromanage my experience. (laughs) Right. I think there is a fear on the writer or even the performers part of like, you know, I want to make sure that I'm curating this all the way through Mm -hmm. um, and doing my, you know, doing my quote unquote job um, and, you know, making sure that they know how to think about this because it's scary to think it's ambivalence is scary right Mm -hmm. um but it's actually in my opinion it can be very underrated yeah it is really scary like you can get really hurt if you you know you put something out there that's about infertility for example and someone reads it as as incest or I mean I don't think anyone would read this as incest but I definitely have had I definitely have felt misunderstood. So, you know, or like, oh, that's not what I meant. But I don't know. It's worth it's it. It's inevitable. Yeah, it's so inevitable. It's like, I remember, and I've, I know I've said this a million times, but I kept a diary when I was writing um, my novel, Eat Only When You're Hungry, because I wanted to remember my intention. Because <clears throat> I feel like I used to feel really bad about this, but like a book would come out and someone would say, I remember, you know, like ask me about something that happened in the book. And I'd be like, I... I wrote that like I wouldn't remember it would be gone from my memory and 
and so then I would feel like a failure in some way that like, I wasn't holding on to whatever it was that I had set out to do. And, you know, even keeping a diary of my daily intention as I wrote, which I really never consulted again, didn't change the fact that what people took from it was wildly different from anything I expected. And you just can't predict it. You just can't, and you can't control it and you can't curate it. It just happens. Yeah. It's so weird. (laughs) It's really weird, but it's also like, that's where the magic happens too. Like, you know, like there's going to be your people like Jessica, you're my people, you know, like, and I'm your people and there's magic that happens when I read your stuff, you know, and, and that's what I am reading for. Yeah. I love that. Um, that other thing that people say the uh, the writer is the last to know, like it it is, it is nice to, to hear what other people got from it that you you're like what that did I mean that yeah I meant that yeah (laughs) Um, that's right (laughs) yeah yeah exactly yeah I'm smart (laughs) (laughs) like I think I was telling Josh I in this bigger manuscript so my brother died of a heroin overdose and that and I've been writing oh I cremated him with a copy of Black Beauty so oh, oh my God. I've been, so I've been rereading Black Beauty, which is a really good book. I, mm. I didn't know. Um, but, and then and I've just been writing about horses, cows, horses. You yes. Know? There's a theme. There's a theme, but someone was like, oh, horse, like Harold, that's what you call heroin. It's a horse. And I was like, what? Oh my God. Like, I didn't know that in real life when I gave him Black Beauty, to yeah. be to be cremated with and I, I hope he's not like Jess like I hope he understands I just thought he's was, probably laughing <laughs> yeah but as a writer I also didn't I was just collaging those two things just because they were in front of me mm-hmm. but yeah I I know Carol, yeah that's right yeah <laughs> everything relates to everything man that's why we're out here dude yes <laughs> Um, Josh, have you ever encountered a manuscript that at first you were like, what is, what is going on here? And then it just kind of <laughs> stuck with you. Um, a, a few Name years names. ago, we published this like very, I got an email. This was like when we were kind of, we, we started like years ago, just as a really handheld project. Like I was like printing the, like the covers, like with block print and like binding them, like <laughs> in, you know, my kitchen or whatever making Bless friends help heart. me <laughs> it turns out you can't get books to as many readers that way <laughs> um but so like we were kind of limited in like what we can do what we can print and stuff and then I got this manuscript like as an email from this uh poet named James Artis um and it was like about this person who was obsessed with Coldplay it's called a head full of dreams and it was just like all these weird like hand-drawn maps and like letters from like someone who may or may not have owned a pornography store about like <laughs> getting their cd copy of cold plays ahead full of dreams and i was just like i don't know if i love this or hate it <laughs> and like it, it's just like one i kept coming back to and, and like it weirdly made me have just like an appreciation for like if not cold play then like fandom mm. all in like the span of like 20 half hand-drawn pages <laughs> did you guys publish that book yeah we did it was an, it was another one where I was like printing it in my house um when people so, order Jessica's book can they also order that book or is it out of print 
Uh, I think I can put it up on the website. <laughs> like we, we have perfect copies. Game I need, for I need, any Coldplay fan. It, well, that's what it is. It's it's the same thing as like it makes me think of Kyle Beachy's book, The Most Fun Thing, mm-hmm. where people are like, you know, I don't like skateboarding. I'm not gonna do this. And it's like, yeah, but like it's not about skateboarding per se. It's about why people are interested in the things they're interested in, like mm-hmm. what why people have passions. Um, we're also putting we're putting out a book next year, uh, which is this like book from like 1922 that I found like got to come across, and it's called The Accomplished Muskrat Trapper. What? And it's literally <laughs> like this book about how to trap muskrats and like how to like find them in the stream and like what areas um and my buddy kyle francois is going to be doing like this introduction to it he got really into it he's just like okay like it's it's very pessoa in this way and like (laughs) and it's you know it is what it is but it's also this like text that like revolves around like why humans involve nature and like have like reverence for nature and it I, i mean i guess that's part of the thing of like having a small press without any stakes is like I can publish all these weird books like about Coldplay or about Jess's ovaries and no one's telling me no it's it's like uh it's like you learn about the writer through the obsession yeah like so like the original art original author of the muskrat one his name is Arno Schmidt Arno E. Schmidt which is different than the um like post-world war ii german like untranslatable writer also named arno schmidt okay um, just happened to have the same name so it's like are you sure they're the different they're different (laughs) it's hard to tell (laughs) but it was something i just like came across by accident and was like this makes so much sense for like us to publish like amazing where did you come across it um, I was searching for the other Arnold Schmidt and it just kind of like popped up and I was like, <gasps> he didn't, he did not write a book about muskrats or like there's, there's no translator from German to English who could translate his writing about muskrats. So oh my God. Uh, yeah. Just came oh, cool. It's the perfect book for any muskrat trapper. Because <laughs> I instantly went to my brothers and I'm like, Hey, have you guys ever trapped any muskrats? <laughs> are they <laughs> even I, like, are muskrats still a thing? Yeah, they're not as like local to like Midwestern geography. Like they, it seems like they've moved in the last hundred years. Like they're a little more like uh, Missouri-ish base. Like we have them around, but they're like few and far between. That's so weird because when you said muskrat, I immediately thought Missouri. My my mother in law lives there, so maybe um, <laughs> maybe I should read this book. <laughs> Everyone should. It's like it's like forty pages. Oh um, my god. Perfect. I love that people will start this episode listening to us talk about a book called Sex with My Family, and then we get to a point where we talk about trapping muskrats. It feels very, <laughs> very special and amazing. Wow. Just like another point of like synchronicity where like Kyle Francois, who's doing the intro, like um, we're in a, a country band together and he like just wrote a song about weasels because he was obsessed with Annie Dillard. Oh my who, like, God. It just all fits back into this like reverence for nature theme are you like in a pop country band or an alternative Uh, country band we say it's an iowa punk country band holy shit what's the band called uh kyle francois and the gold dust oh my okay can we drop the link to the whatever the band camp (laughs) tell us how we can get to it (laughs) i play banjo and synth in it 
Do you really? Yeah. That's incredible. Josh is a god among men. No. All right. Anyway, back to Jess's book. A renaissance (laughs) man, a true renaissance man. He's trapping muskrats. He's plucking the banjo. Master of none. He's printing things in his kitchen. Amazing. (laughs) Um, Jessica, can you tell us a little bit about the larger work that this uh, chapter is from and, and where it stands now and what are your plans for it and all that good stuff? You know, I, I think it's it's ready. Let's send it out. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, it's, it's like, I don't know. I mean, I haven't put out that many books, but don't you feel like it gets to a point where it's like, it's not perfect. It's not, per, it's not done it's never done but it's like done enough to send out mm-hmm. the thing I mm-hmm. just feel like absolutely it's that feeling of like when you're like in rehearsal and you're like oh, I just need to do this for someone I just mm-hmm. need like one audience mm-hmm. member mm-hmm. so yeah I think I'm ready to like send it out get some rejections keep working on it <laughs> the good stuff the juicy stuff are you yeah. agented no okay um, yeah I I'm, I'm not yet. Own. Not yeah. yet. That's right. I was going to say after this. <laughs> Agents, publishers, you know, where to find down Jess. Your door, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, yes, I, 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 you know, if I can get an agent, why wouldn't I? Totally. Um, yeah. I'm not against it. <laughs> but it also feels, it also feels so good to make that decision for yourself and be like, I'm ready to send this motherfucker out. And then just send it out and not have to hear your agent be like, listen, we need to work on chapters <laughs> one and four. And, you know, like, I don't think this fits. And then you're just like, Ugh. Um, you know, let me hear what Grey Wolf thinks first. You know, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it just it's so fun to just be like, I don't know, I'm going to firebomb a bunch of people with an email today, <laughs> you know, it comes is back. fun. I, I tell my students that like. I'm, I'm sorry to keep talking about theater, but like auditioning is so hard. Like you have to like, you have to go on a diet. You have to like wear an outfit. You have to memorize something. You have to like, and then, and you're like there, like Mm a, like a cattle parading in front of people. And you have to Mm -hmm. take the feedback, the rejection, like in the flesh, it's hell. But when you're sending something out, you just attach and send Mm -hmm. and then do a shot of tequila, like, Mm -hmm. So like do it and just do it. It's fun. And then like, it's like a lottery ticket. And then for the rest of the day, you're like, I'm like, I haven't scratched it yet. <laughs> like I'm, I'm might... in the mix, baby. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the emails are out. <laughs> it's like that last two weeks of your cycle. And you oh can... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're just petting the tests in the drawer. Like, huh, soon enough. Oh my precious. <laughs> you know I still have all my positive pregnancy tests of which I took many each time I was positively pregnant I still have them I have bouquets of them because I there's part of me that still doesn't believe it I totally understand I get that my mom had hers under a box in her bed like I think it's not uncommon yes yeah I know I'm like this probably smells like pee I don't care Great. I'm going to put it in my son's like memorabilia box that I hand him when he leaves for college. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, like this is, this is the start, man. Yeah. It makes a great bookmark. <laughs> a- 
absolutely. There you go. There you go. And when people are like, what's your family like? He can be like, well, my mom sent the positive pregnancy test (laughs) from 18 years years ago. Yeah, that's it. That's all you need to know. (laughs) Well, I want to thank you both so much for coming on. This is such a special book, uh, Sex with My Family by Jessica Ann, available on Long Day Press. Josh, do they order from you? Can they go to bookshop? Where should they order it? Yeah, you can order from us at longdaypress.com. That's always helpful and good. Uh, But you can also get it from any bookstore, like just to your local indie bookstore. You can go to them and be like, can I order sex with my family? And they're going to say what? (laughs) And then (laughs) be like, no, no, it's a thing. I promise. Uh, So it it can be, you know, got from any bookstore uh, as well as like bookshop.org, things like that. So I'm imagining someone walking up to Javier at Exile and Book Bell and being like, I need to order sex with me. <laughs> that's why the cover's a gradient like it, it's it's meant so like you know the reader has to interact because it's like you pick up this thing that you're like oh it's like a couple shades off and like yeah, <laughs> yeah and there's a there's a wonderful christian taborto blurb on the back she's always been my favorite holler <laughs> he, he told him he has six words yeah. he five. <laughs> that's so him <laughs> And Jessica, where should people go to find you? Oh, um, I'm around. Um, around. I'm teaching at Roosevelt, um, and applications are are still open for the fall. So, <gasps> yeah. Oh my gosh. And Josh also teaches there and runs the magazine. Uh, what so I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Review out of yeah. Roosevelt University. Should people submit there? uh next january they should hey add it to your calendars everyone (laughs) thank you both so much this has been a delight everyone go get sex with my family (laughs) (laughs) Bye. bye